This episode of Business Life and Coffee is brought to you by Audible, the world's largest resource of audiobooks for busy professionals on the go. With over 180,000 books to choose from, you can go from beginner to expert on the topic of your choice almost overnight. Because you're a listener of my show, I want to give you a free book. Visit audibletrial.com blc to claim your free download. Again, that's audibletrial.com blc. You can even do it while listening to today's show. What are you waiting on? Go now. This week's episode of Business Life and Coffee is a very special one. I'm interviewing two guests who each have a unique perspective on science. Marissa Green is the communications director of the U.S. Green Buildings Council, and she'll be chatting with me about how green buildings are adding thousands of jobs to the U.S. economy and why you should be jealous if you're not living and working in a LEED certified building. On a lighter note, but just as important, YouTube star Hank Green stops by to answer some of life's pressing questions through science and tells us the importance of STEM education for children. If you've ever wondered why we crave comfort food, or whether or not your dog recognizes you on FaceTime, you don't want to miss our chat. Tell me what you think of the show by leaving a review on iTunes and tweeting me at JVPSaid on Twitter. There's an industry creating more than 2.3 million jobs and contributing more than $134.3 billion in income for working Americans. It may surprise you to learn that it's green construction. A recent study found that green construction and lead buildings are driving our economy forward. Here to share more about the growing U.S. economy and the results of this study is Marissa Long of the U.S. Green Building Council. Welcome, Marissa. Hi, thank you for having me. The USGBC's 2015 Green Building Economic Impact Study looks at how green construction is impacting our economy. Can you share some of the key findings of this report? Yes, uh, you just alluded to a few of them in your introduction, but uh, green construction is poised for uh, a lot of growth over the next four years, and this year specifically, 2.3 million jobs are being created around green construction. Uh, These are architects, designers, engineers, electricians, uh, good-paying jobs that are putting more than $134 billion into U.S. workers' pockets. And can you tell us what makes a building green? uh, Yes, there are a lot of factors that go into this, but green buildings are built to be uh, uh, more environmentally friendly and sustainable. Uh, They are healthier buildings for the people who occupy them, and um, they're better for the environment. More specifically, uh, the U.S. Green Building Council created the LEED Green Building Rating System uh, as a way to certify projects that are meeting the highest standards of environmental design and energy efficiency. So these are buildings that are saving water, resources, and energy, and they save money. How do you see these trends continuing in the next few years? We see these trends continuing in a few ways. Um, That jobs number is going to go from 2.3 million this year to more than 3.3 million by 2018. We also see that the green construction industry is uh, surpassing that of traditional construction. And by 2018, more than a third of all construction jobs are going to be green. Uh, One of the other findings from our study was that over the next four years, energy savings for green buildings is going to equal more than $2.4 billion, and about half of those savings are going to come from LEED-certified projects. And what is driving this growth in green buildings? 
again, there are a lot of factors that go into that, but we see that consumer demand is one of the biggest drivers of green construction and green buildings. Parents want to send their kids to school uh, where there's natural sunlight and um, outdoor space. They want to go to work every day where they're breathing higher quality air and um, green buildings help to provide that. We also see that building owners, operators, investors, they're using LEED um, because it's better for their bottom line and these buildings are saving them money. And so are green buildings driving economic growth at the state level as well? They are. Uh, we see um, uh, that at the state level, green construction is going to continue to um, grow. Uh, our study also looks at state-specific numbers. So if you go to usgbc.org, you can actually look up where your state um, uh, is on the list in terms of total number of jobs and economic impact. And where can our listeners find more information? Again, you can go to usgbc.org. You can download our study for free. You can also find out more about USGBC and the LEED Green Building Rating System. Thanks, Marissa. Do you have any parting thoughts that you'd like to share? You know, just that uh, green buildings are, are better for the environment, and um, the work that we're doing is really to uh, make an impact um, here in the U.S. And, and beyond. So thank you for having me. Marissa, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Business Life of Coffee. On this episode, we are discussing the importance of STEM education and dispelling a few common myths through science. To help us do that is none other than Hank Green of Log Brothers. Welcome, Hank. How's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, I'm going to give you the soapbox for a second. And All right. Can you tell us a little bit about why STEM is so important for our children? Well, uh, STEM is important for our children because it is important for us. I mean, every uh, day we are affected by, and, and I think mostly positively, by the impact that science and technology has had on our world. Um, you know, this conversation as an example, um, and also uh, whatever you had for breakfast probably is as well. Um, the, uh, the, yeah, uh, so, so, but more broadly, like, um, there's an element of just like, it's pleasant to learn about the world, being curious is a, is a, a nice emotion, but also there are big problems that we need to solve, you know, that, and, and like, I, I joke about our breakfast being a technological solution, but it really is. We have, uh, you know, we, there, there's a lot of science that goes into producing our food and getting it to us. And, and uh, we are going to have to continue figuring out uh, great ways to make more food with less land and less water and have a smaller impact on the environment while we do it because there are going to be more, be more people and people aren't going to stop being hungry. Um, so there's a lot of big problems to solve, and I, I like I think that science and technology, engineering and math, they are the it's like the the basic toolkit for solving some of the biggest problems we have. I agree. And growing up, you know, I was big into biology, mm. and it's very interesting to see how even biology on a microscopic level can have principles and and oh, worldly yeah. principles and concepts, you know, in all sorts of study in all phases of life. Absolutely, yeah. It is. It yeah. is fascinating. I was. Uh, I was biochemistry in my undergrad. Oh, I, I uh, biochem. Biochem was what did me in in college. <laughs> it, it's what made me. <laughs> I changed to uh, kinesiology. Uh, oh, so cool. Study of movement. Great. Yeah. Which is also STEM, but you know, yep. uh, different. 
Yeah, definitely. Speaking of the fields of study, uh, what fields of study fall under the STEM umbrella? Oh, um, so much. I mean, uh, for me, it is, uh, you know, you've got, you've got biology, psychology, physics, um, you know, engineering, computer programming. To, to me, it is, you know, like, it, it, it is solving, solving, uh, solving practical problems. Um, you know, and I've got nothing against solving person problems. Like, those are also very okay. important problems to solve. And, and uh, in fact, I am mostly employed in that field when you, when you look at what I actually do, which is, like, how do you communicate this stuff? So I'm more of a communications person, and I've ended up in my career. Um, but, uh, but in terms of STEM, what it is is, like, it's the solving of the, of the practical, real-world problems that, you know, like, are bits and pieces working together rather than, uh, rather than minds working together, which, of course, uh, is also, like, sociology and psychology. Um, it also bleeds into, you know, you get these nice, beautiful, like, blendings of, of you know, sol solving both, a, like, human problems in scientific ways. Um, is also yeah. like uh, something that I find fascinating. I think there, it's true that there's an art and a science to almost all industries in life. Absolutely. And absolutely. so, you know, if you study it deeply enough or passionately enough or with enough inquiry, um, you can find the science behind anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's one of the what's one of the coolest things about science is that like I get to talk about everything because uh, when we're talking about science on on SciShow it's like uh, what what is uh, what is what isn't science anymore? Yeah, you know that, that's the better question. Yeah, if someone says, well, what's science? Why is science so important? <laughs> you know, tell me yeah. something that's not science. Yeah, <laughs> you're alive because of science. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, could you tell us a, a personal story about how STEM education has impacted your life? Um, yeah, I mean, my my uh, undergrad was in biochemistry, and I remember the first time I was was uh, I was a freshman in college, and uh, we were in the lab. We'd just done an experiment on uh, white blood cells, human white blood cells. We were just studying how they different uh, turn into different uh, immune system fighting uh, cells, and uh, and my professor turned to me uh, and he said, what should we do next? And uh, so we were in the lab, like practically doing stuff. And I thought I was just like learning how to like pipette and like move, move liquids around. But he was like, what's, you know, what, what, how can we learn more about this? Here's what we're trying to figure out. How do we do that? And that was such an amazing moment. And I have to thank that professor for that because you realize that like science isn't this abstract thing. It's a thing that creative people do like like practically you know like every day they're making decisions about how we're going to figure out uh the the answers to this mystery that we've uncovered and that that's so that means so much to me that like it's not about it's not about like you know machines uh humming away it's a bunch of people making creative decisions and choices and and so what happens if younger generations away from STEM education, what were some of the implications of that? Well, I, I think that we just, we need these people to solve these problems. Um, you know, I, I'm actually like, our content for the last year has been supported in part by Emerson, which is an, an engineering company. And, you know, basically what, what you know, what they're doing through this, their sponsorship of SciShow is, is just saying like, we need people to do this because our company solves big problems and we need the next generation of big problem solvers. 
uh, to work for us. Like we, like you know, like they're basically advertising for the next generation of their workforce, which is a very different than what most advertisements are. Instead of saying like we want you to buy our product, they're basically saying we want to pay you to to uh, <laughs> to be our to 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 be the to, to you know to work with us. Uh, so instead yeah. of uh, instead of wanting to uh, wanting some some to pay them, they they want to pay the people listening to the advertisements. Yeah. And and what a better proposition! Yeah, absolutely. I want to give you money. <laughs> <laughs> Go hey, learn. Um, if we've got yes to learn to learn, uh, I've got a couple minutes here. Do you mind if we answer a few questions through science? Yeah, I'll try. Sort of. Okay. All right. Great. So my first question is: uh, Let's start with the softball. Uh, why do why do I crave comfort food? What's oh, you're. Uh... Well, I'm, man, I'll tell you what, I'm craving comfort food right now. I'd be surprised if you couldn't hear my stomach growling through the microphone. Um, I, uh, I, I, there's, a, there's a psychological component of, of wanting to reconnect with uh, simpler, simpler times in your life. But there's also, I, th I think, usually this food is, is food that, uh, that satisfies all of our biological needs, right? It's, uh, it's got all the basic building blocks of, of life, and we, you know, we construct ourselves with food. So you need you know, that, the, the fats and the proteins and the carbohydrates all together and one mix and that's uh, uh, man I could could use some bacon and eggs right now <laughs> okay and then uh, right, what about coffee uh, are you a pro coffee or, or no I mean I'm I'm coffee agno I, I think that coffee is uh, should be should be used properly <laughs> I mean, uh, it definitely can have uh, can have negative physiological impacts. Caffeine, uh, particularly with regard to sleep, which is one of the most important things we do. There's like surprising connections between how much you sleep and uh, and how you perceive the world. Uh, people who sleep less tend to. Uh, are are more prone to remember negative experience, experiences than positive experiences. People who have difficulty sleeping are much more likely to be clinically depressed. Um, and so this is uh, like absolutely like you need to be careful with your coffee consumption. Uh, and and if you if you can't get that full eight hours of sleep, uh, do your best to to get as much as possible. Um, but also like absolutely, caffeine is a uh, you know it's a it's a biochemical substance that has it's biologically active and it does uh, really it functions in a very uh, sort of counterintuitive interesting way that I, I uh, can't get into right now not because I don't have time but because I just don't remember enough about it but mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's a it's a cool little compound that uh, that you that is definitely something you should be careful with we drink so much of it though it is absolutely uh, it is a it's one of, it's, a, it's our favorite drug Except for possibly <laughs> alcohol, we probably drink more alcohol than maybe not. No, I bet we drink more caffeine well, than alcohol. Yeah. Totally, because it's like every soda. Everybody's got coffee in the morning. It must be our top drug in our society. It's got to be the top drug. Yeah. And you know, I was I was getting ready to say, well, maybe you know, coffee and caffeine is the the favorite drug because you can drink it more often during the day. But yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people have no limits when it comes to <laughs> when the right time alcohol <laughs> yeah but uh and, yeah there's, there's 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 sort of a at five o'clock you get to switch from caffeine to alcohol you got to decompress this is not the way we should yeah. be living our lives <laughs> yes yes and maybe i should change my podcast to business life and sleep well i'm a, <laughs> <be more. laughs> i uh 
I don't drink a ton of coffee. I, I, I am extremely sensitive to caffeine personally. So I, I, uh, sure. I get, I get super jittery, but, uh, yeah. but I love, I love business and life though. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> me too. Me too. So, uh, here's my last question. Um, I know we, we, I don't want to take up too much time, but, um, when I'm video chatting my family, uh, why can't my dog recognize me? Or can my dog recognize me? Um, there's actually been research done on this, amazingly enough, and your dog can recognize you. It just gets really confused, particularly when it's on a phone. Like, when your face is that different of a size, the dog is going to uh -huh. be very, like, that's not going to... But if it's on, like, an iPad, a tablet, and it's sort of more normal-sized face, a dog might look at that and be like, that is my guy, and I know that uh -huh. guy. Uh, but where's the rest of that guy? That, that is unusual <laughs> that it's only the top part. Because, uh, you know, dogs are expected the face to be connected to the rest of the body. But it, they've actually done research and they find that, uh, that some dogs, when they see the, the, the face on the iPad, will go around at the back and be like, what, what's, where are you? So they are wow. recognizing that there's a person there. But uh, it works better on a tablet than a phone. Wow. We need to take that study to the next level and, <laughs> and research uh, dogs video chatting and 3D television. Right. No, I think we should just have dogs video chatting each other with uh, Oculus Rifts on, yeah. like VR goggles on the dog. Very confused yeah. dogs. I'm Walking looking forward to that future. Trying to find the, trying to find the butt to sniff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. A, a, a dog VR is not complete without, without smell-o-vision, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We, we have to get that going. <laughs> well... <laughs> Hank, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Um, do you have any parting thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience? Oh, well, if you want to check out some of the stuff that I've been doing and, and some of the stuff that Emerson's been doing, you can go to emerson.com slash I love STEM. Okay, great, great. This has been another episode of Business Life and Coffee. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at JVPSAID and follow Hank and Emerson on their website and check out Hank's YouTube. Great. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. This has been another episode of Business, Life, and Coffee, the only podcast that simulates the experience of having coffee with a mentor, industry expert, or fellow colleague. If you've enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read your comment on an upcoming show. You can find show notes, episodes, and resources for your career or business at businesslifeandcoffee.com. If you have a topic that you want to learn more about but don't have time to grab coffee with an expert, email us at info at businesslifeandcoffee.com and tune in for that topic on a future episode. Also, you can reach me at Twitter at JVPSaid. This is Joey Price signing out, and I'll see you next week.